Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. You heard it straight out of Vegas Friday into a Saturday. Cofield across from the one, the only, R.J. Bell. I tell you, we got a jam-packed hour. It's going to be hard to fit it all into the hour, but we'll do it. We're talking, obviously, the aftermath. Remember? You ever see Straight Out of Compton? Now, did they copy that out of Straight Out of Vegas, Cofield? I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to say we were first, they were first. But remember, it was like after, it was like, what's the name of the album? He goes, the after, or aftermath. Well, we've got aftermath when it comes to this Thursday game. And not only, obviously, as a fan of the NBA, but also from a Vegas sports betting perspective. Showtime! Woo! So we always start out with the Vegas lead. You can go with Cavs screwed out of Game 1 or Cavs screwed themselves in Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Where do you want to go? Is it either or? I mean, can it be both? So, listen, we were doing a podcast, missed a lot of that. I'm sure you went back, looked at it closely. Give me, from the square chair, how what is the story? If you're writing the lead in the Review Journal or in the USA Today, what's the first paragraph? What's the second paragraph? How do you... How do you stack rank these stories? I don't write now. 
<laughs> I do a radio show. I did a lot of J.R. Smith. I used him as a punching bag today and eventually lightened up after three hours and then got to the officials. But J.R. Smith, to me, has to be the story. And obviously, the overarching story is poor LeBron James. And are you being sarcastic? Not at all. There's a little, I'll explain, there's a little bit of me where I'll fire back and say, LeBron, you did it to yourself. But in general, how did poor he, LeBron James. How did he do it to himself? Because I think he has control of the roster. It started in the offseason where he didn't put his foot down on Kyrie Irving. If you wanted to keep Kyrie Irving around, then Kyrie Irving's around. Now, maybe Kyrie gets injured and he's out for the season anyway, but he has control of the team. He certainly has control of some personnel decisions, and he's the guy every year who has to say, Thumbs up! J.R. Smith is back! Well, listen. I don't know why J.R. Smith is on this team. I tell you, Kofi, I think you might be reading my Twitter account. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. Right after the game, very succinctly, LeBron James, best basketball player, <laughs> worst GM. And I think it's more than he's got responsibility. And, I mean, obviously he also wants plausible deniability to say, oh, I didn't want Kyrie traded. Why would I want him traded? How good he is. That was total nonsense yesterday before game one when we saw the interview on ESPN with Rachel Nichols. And, you know, as I suggested to you, I think he was setting up a soft landing for when they lose the series. And when he threw that thing out there about, I didn't want Kyrie to go, well, then he shouldn't have gone. What are they? Come on, they're going to make the move without consulting LeBron James? Here's the thing about the Kyrie situation. Either LeBron is at fault for not making a top 15 NBA player feel appreciated, or Kyrie's at fault for not, well, I guess it could be one of two things, Uh, finding blame in LeBron's treatment of him when it was let's say, fair or, or or good treatment. But for him, it was like, well, his boys are on the plane, mine aren't, or maybe I've only got two, he's got six. Like, if you're going to make it big brother, little brother, well, we know big brothers and little brothers usually fight until they get old enough where it's like, boy, that was stupid we were fighting, wasn't it? Well, they're still in their alpha ages, and obviously they're alpha men as NBA players, at least to some degree, so it's either Kyrie expected too much or Kyrie didn't get fairly enough. Or you could blame Kyrie for a second scenario, which is he doesn't care what his chances to win are as much as he wants his team. No matter how LeBron would have treated him, it'd be like, I want to be the guy that's at the front of the picture and they're all behind me. Now, obviously, going to the Celtics gives him gave him and still does a decent chance to win but is there any doubt in 2018 Kyrie's better chance to win the title was with LeBron in Cleveland? Slightly better than the Celtics as they were constituted before the season. Oh, I don't know. I mean, what were the odds before the season? We all knew how... Cavs were the favorite in the East. But the Cavs were the favorite without Kyrie. Like, if the scenario would have been Kyrie on the Cavs yeah. or Kyrie on Boston... Well, if the Cavs are favored in either case, how can you say it's not the better scenario? It's a better scenario. The Cavs are the better scenario. So, and, and so something, Kyrie Irving showed some immaturity and LeBron, or, to or your who's point. To, who's to say if LeBron didn't act in a way that was that was unacceptable? That's where we I was don't going. know. Where I was going. I think uh, 20% of the blame on the breakup goes to Kyrie Irving, and I think 80% goes to LeBron because 
He's the guy who can make personnel decisions. And he's the older guy. Take the high road. Mend the rift. It's kind of interesting. In hindsight, perhaps one of Michael Jordan's greatest accomplishments was keeping Scottie Pippen happy. Because if you look at Pippen post-Jordan in the league, I mean, he didn't seem like the easiest guy to get along with. Super temperamental at times. Was it that Michael knew how to affirm him? Was it Michael was so good that Pippen was like, I, you know, I don't. He deserves to act however he wants. I don't know. Was Pippen afraid of him? Was it you know the healthy fear? But but if he's afraid, you probably want to leave. Right. So whatever it was, still want to win. People that that kind of goes back to the original part of this with Kyrie. What's most important? Can we think of a single instance? Listen, let's be candid. What happened? the last game LeBron played for Cleveland the first go-around, right? There was all the rumor and innuendo, as they say, on something to wrestle with, is, you know, someone's mom or, you know, LeBron, whatever the rumors were, right? There was moms involved or whatever. And if you watch that game, LeBron was playing very distracted. So he felt like his time was up in Cleveland. So first place you're leaving uh, on bad terms. Obviously, they were burning jerseys or whatever after. Then in Miami, by all accounts, after the four years, is Wade doesn't know. Like, remember, this whole idea LeBron was leaving Miami. I mean, if you would have thought back to that year and, and, and in February, just a few months or even March, a few months before the finals, there was no sense LeBron was leaving Miami. Not much. There was a little bit of speculation. If you go a little further back, the summer before, I remember talking about making speculative bets and betting on the Cavaliers to win the next title, next year's title at 60-1. to 1. Just on the off chance that LeBron said, hey, you know what? But it Two was titles a, it, and I'm going to go home. But it was an off chance. Right. So the point is, four year, or X years in Cleveland, he's out the door. Four years in Miami, he's out the door. And now it would seem, in fact, the mat, and we'll talk about the odds. We've got odds on LeBron's team next year, and Cleveland is far less than 50%. So, yeah, there's a chance he stays, but far less than 50%, and he's going to be gone again. So it would seem history says LeBron wears out his welcome in places. Now, you could say LeBron's the one that wants to leave, but usually if everyone's happy, no one wants to leave. With Michael, now obviously... He left for baseball, and we can all debate what that was about because there's you know rumors on that. Sure, but the idea you never saw players leaving Michael by choice. Like if someone got like a much much better contract, they'd go. But in general, it seemed like people wanted to play with him. So ultimately, maybe we're going to ascertain that skill is what maybe ultimately made Michael better. Because if we're counting championships. LeBron's inability right now, it would seem to get along with other star players, is driving his inability to get over the hump and win championships. You're going to laugh at this one. Maybe the smartest guy on the Cavaliers is J.R. Smith. Even though he just made <laughs> this, one of the dumbest. This, this one really is. Uh, this is a three, uh, you know. Some folks call it a slang blade. I call it a kiter blade. You're going from a very different perspective here. I want to hear this. Okay. J.R. Smith is a nobody uh, and kind of a clown when he's on other teams, like the Knicks, right? He was a laughing stock around the league. He is wow. traded to the Cavaliers, pr- productive player at times, but he's 
he is uh, very self-sabotaging off the court. And oh, on the fair. Court it's at just, times. I think it's he's always important. Player. He's a bench guy. It's like it's like saying that guy on Jeopardy is an idiot that got last place. It's like, yeah, yeah he's the worst guy on Jeopardy, but he's still in the 99th he's, percentile. He's a bench player, and he's an 18-point-per-game guy on bad teams. On the Cavaliers, he could be part of a championship team. He can be part of a 50-60 win team and potentially the number one seed in the East. And what does he do? Why is he smart? Because he's cozied up to LeBron James. LeBron James likes him. Not last night. Not what he was, you know, that pleading with him. What are you doing? But he has clearly gotten on LeBron's good side over the years, and LeBron keeps allowing him to come back. Now, last night, it blew up in LeBron's face. Bad J.R. Smith, knucklehead J.R. Smith was out there. i got to be honest with you. I think it's even more than LeBron wanting to dictate uh, as a GM. I think it's not wanting a great coach. I mean, who's to say, you know, I mean, we can all say, well, maybe Lou gets should get some credit for this or that. I mean, does anyone in the right mind think he's an elite coach? I'm not saying that he wouldn't be a good uh, second or maybe first assistant. I don't know enough to judge X's and O's. But usually guys that just, you don't see many coaches stop playing in the NBA and become great coaches immediately. Usually there's a 10-year apprenticeship where they're learning from a Popovich or from a Occur and even Kerr, obviously a hyper intellectual player uh, in his day. Kerr was a GM for the Suns for a long time. The I it seems like Lou was someone that LeBron could control. And if you want a GM, you can control a coach. You can control some of it is you not doing that job as well, and some of it is the absence of someone really teaching you something. I mean, whatever problems Brady's having now with Belichick. One of the things Brady's famous for, he once coached hard. He wants someone saying, no, you've got to throw to that area, not here. And it seems like LeBron, obviously one of the great basketball minds on the court in the history of the world. But you don't think a Popovich or a, you know another great coach potentially would have something to teach him over all these years? Of course. And when games are being decided by one possession here or there... All those things matter. And when we come back, we're going to be laying out a little bit more blame, but also looking at how this result changed the series odds and the game two odds. That's up next on Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free Great quote. Steve Cofield, R.J. Bell. Game one of the books, 124-114. Cavs lose it, plus 12.5 in overtime. But we got to uh, talk about what's actionable after analyzing the end of game one. Where do you want to start? Do you want to talk officials or do you want to talk boneheaded play? Well, well let's let's combine it. George Hill miss and boneheaded play by J.R. Smith. Yeah, so I think we've talked through Smith. I mean, Listen, you're signing up for a guy who uh, isn't the highest IQ basketball player, meaning his basketball play on the court is erratic, but he can get hot, right? So that's not bad for an eighth guy on a championship team. Probably shouldn't be in the starting lineup. Sometimes when he has to be your second guy, and Kevin Love was good in game one, but sometimes J.R. Smith on this roster has to be the number two guy. Which is the problem. Yes. Right. 
LeBron's the worst GM and the best player. It is worth a moment, though, and Colin Cowherd was talking about this today. You know, it's been a couple years that we've debated all the way back to, I think, when Steph Curry won, you know, with with not the first person in history Mm -hmm. to get a perfect MVP vote. Michael never did. No one. And at that time, the de- I think the debate started, hey, is Curry better than LeBron? Now, if you get a perfect MVP, it's got to be part of a conversation. And then obviously we've had Durant in the interim kind of take the mantle as the guy who's competing with LeBron. I mean, can we now say as of June of 2018, it's not even close? I mean, can we really debate if you put LeBron on Golden State, and this isn't the only way to judge it, but you put LeBron on Golden State and, and Durant on Cleveland, is there any debate that, that Cleveland would have uh, probably lost in the first round? I think Durant is closer than... Don't be a prisoner of the moment. And I'm not just saying this to you. The I'm moment. saying it to a lot, lots of people. Well, because people are disappointed in the way Durant played in game I'm one. I'm not talking about, let's assume Durant played the best. Or are we doing more positive side LeBron? It's all positive LeBron. You know, but we could all, you know. What I'm saying is. we can roll in though, Even RJ. if it's not Durant. Who, right. who else is in the conversation? Harden? But the other thing we need to roll, and I again, I say this all the time when I critique LeBron. He's one of my favorite athletes to cover. I love watching him. But part of being a great athlete is also being a good teammate and being a good organization guy at times. You just mentioned three minutes ago, he's one of the worst GMs. But he's not supposed to be the GM. Right, but he insists on being the GM. Well, uh, Kevin Durant and Curry don't insist on that. That is part of actually being a great player. Let others do their work. Even Jordan could somehow stay out of the way of Jerry Reinsdorf and let him do his job. So let's agree there's some truth to what you're saying, as in... Uh, if if you're hindering a team through those needs, if it's ego, if it's control, whatever, you've got to add that into the net mix of him on the team. Agreed. But let's forget it for a moment and just look at him on the court. On the court, we've been looking in, in the media, fans, for four years, five years. You know, is, has LeBron given up his crown? Now, we can debate... How is it that he seems physically stronger today than three or four years ago? Right? And Stephen A. Smith has been very explicit. This hasn't been hints. This has been, hey, talk, thing, things I, this is now Stephen A. Things I hear in my ear, LeBron's doing, you know, PDs. I, I have no idea about that. My gut feeling is, and we talked about this on a podcast, he has too much to risk. Meaning if he got caught one time doing something truly illegal, it, the rest of it, you know, literally 30 years from now, if his name came up, it'd be like, yeah, but he was juicing, right? Barry Bonds style, as in Bonds' numbers are as good as any player in baseball history, but he's never in the conversation, even as a great player. It's so tainted. A-Rod, I think to a slightly lesser degree, but similar. LeBron, I don't think, would risk his uh, legacy over that. But here's what I think. I think he's got millions, you know, many millions of dollars to spend. And usually the PED practitioners are far ahead scientifically 
of the testing, I would make a major bet. And this is a personal opinion. I would make a major bet that he's doing performance enhancement, which is as effective as any of the banned PEDs, but it's just not banned. So now we debate, is that, a, is that wrong? Right? So uh, whatever it is, it's pretty amazing that he is physically stronger today, it would seem, than he was against. Remember the Spurs. Now, this has been four and five years. So the year they lost it was five years ago against the Spurs, where the Spurs lost. And then four years ago, LeBron lost to the Spurs. So they played two years in a row. LeBron obviously on the heat. In both those series, he got run down. He was fatigued. He was cramping. Do you get any? Now, listen, it's five <laughs> years. He had, was the orange, 20... he had the orange slices a couple games back where he was huffing and puffing oh, wow. at the end of a game he was... against the Celtics, and that was about it. And who's to say that wasn't him baiting people? I think he was playing the role a little bit. So let's, hey, give the guy credit, but I've never seen someone get stronger between uh, age 29 and, and 34. He's the best player. He's the most unstoppable guy consistently. He's the biggest, strongest, most imposing guy on the court. Oh, well, that yeah, that's certainly true. But I'm saying right now, let me ask you this question. I, you know, I don't know how much schoolyard stuff you did. You might have been home listening like the Howard Stern tapes in New Jersey. But well, okay. do, do you ever remember the old first gets next to first? No. Oh, come on. Really? What is it? it? It's the old, okay, if there was a situation where one guy, so you got two team captains picking up at the schoolyard or whatever. And if there was one guy that was the best, it would always be, all right, whoever gets first pick, the next pick gets two. So if, if uh, let's say, uh, we'll call him Tony Atlas was the great kid. Well, if I got first pick, I picked Tony Atlas. Now you get to pick the next two, and then I get the fourth pick, and then we go one, 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 one. Meaning that the first pick is worth the second and the third pick. Right now, one season, we're trying to build a championship team and I offer you, say, give me LeBron, let me or let me have the first pick, and you get next two. Are we? Are, are you? Are I'm not hesitating for a second to want the first pick, and I'm not hesitating for a second to get two and three. Really? Yeah. Wow. Look at how it's going to play out here. Two and three, you're going to win. Not that I don't. Well, I don't no, believe no, but, Curry is really three. But remember yeah. now, th- this this would be. Two and three, and mm-hmm. then I'm getting four. Mm-hmm. So, like, you think the difference between two and three and four? So, who's your two and three in the NBA? Durant and who? I'd probably take Curry. Okay, and then so I again Harden. I really dropped off all that much. I mean, the point I'm making Good team is chemistry. He and LeBron should work out well. Could, Although you, we might see it next year with the Rockets. You could make the case. Yeah. I mean, really, I get it that he the, that LeBron is so good that he's he's worth the next two guys. And there isn't a mate, you know, there's, those guys are way ahead of four and five. I'm not even sure. I mean, I, again, back to Colin. Colin obviously has been super critical of Russell Westbrook and I, in a really uh, aggressive fashion, in a relentless fashion. But just last year, he was the MVP. Would you take Westbrook four and put him with LeBron? I think it's so complicated because I think what we've seen is this. And, and, and we actually talked about this on our Don't Bet On It pod, which is out right now. Uh, we, Steve and I spent about 90 minutes in the Don't Bet On It topics, which is the hot takes 
versus the Vegas perspective. And all you got to do is go to your favorite pod player, search RJ Bell. You can check that out. It's in the feed. It's also in the same feed as our dream preview. Every Wednesday, we do a couple hours of handicapping analysis. Steve Fezzik and Brad who will be on the show tomorrow on Straight Out of Vegas, tomorrow night, 10 o'clock Pacific to midnight, is I, I think it's so complicated because in a weird way, Westbrook, his greatness causes him to struggle as a teammate. Where he is that guy that if it was a war, it's a, he's a one-man crew that can do stuff you can't even... I mean, really, his physicality, his motor... Westbrook, I've never seen anything like it. But we've had Durant, who seems to be a, a pretty reasonable teammate, trying to get, you know, very aggressively getting out of there. And we've seen, unless Paul George, from all accounts, Paul George is on his way out. If Paul George isn't, it would seem like Paul George was the perfect guy for Westbrook because. He didn't want the ball. He was a shooter, not a guy that wanted the ball every second. And a defender, like a, an elite defender. And, and some would say, uh, many would say a top five defender. And he doesn't really want the ball except to spot up. So if you got Westbrook penetrating, kick out, you think it'd be perfect. The fact that they seemingly, and again, we're just going by reports, didn't get along well tells me who is an elite player that's going to get along with Westbrook. So... I don't think that's got to be considered in the pick. But I think, I mean, if we look at the Greek freak, I mean, if we look at Anthony Davis, are we really sure that I would say, I think Durant's clearly two, but after that, I think three to like eight. Can, I is, is pretty interchangeable. Oh, I'm gonna blow okay. your mind. So you really your so mind. hold on a second. <laughs> you really wanted three, but now you're actually changing. Go I'm ahead. gonna go Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons. I'm kidding. Yeah, because uh, we had the discussion about Ben Simmons not being Well, remember, guard. Colin has Ben Simmons like he's the fifth oh, he, best he, player in the he, NBA. He, he might take him, too. <laughs> With All the right. Upside. So in a, we're going to go and throw it to an update. But when we come back, we're going to actually give you the Game 2 odds and the updated series odds. But first, Ralph Irvin with the latest. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. And it is now a final in Seattle. Mitch Hanniger, a solo home run, lifts the Mariners to a 4-3 win over Tampa Bay. That in 13 innings earlier, San Francisco held Philadelphia to just six hits. They shut out the Phillies 4-0. Scooter Jeanette, a home run, scored two runs. Cincinnati, a 7-2 winner in Philadelphia. Albert Pujols belted his 622nd career home run. The Angels shut out Texas 6-0. And Clay Buckholz, nine strikeouts in seven innings. Arizona with six home runs. They hammer Miami 9-1. The Dodgers, 11-8 winners at Colorado. Chris Taylor with a three-run homer for L.A. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Of course, the NHL Stanley Cup Finals continue with Game 3 on Saturday. The series tied between Washington and Vegas at a game apiece. And a couple of prop bet numbers for you guys. Will the Capitals score a goal in the first period? It's minus 160. That's a yes. I'm all over that. Minus 360 that the game will go to overtime. Yes would be plus 280 right now. And the updated series price, Golden Knights still at minus 105. Caps at minus 115. Back to you. I tell you, when when the square chair agrees with you, got to be worried. 
There's trouble. It's George Costanza style. You're thinking that's wrong. I love it. I love it from Ralph. Ralph's going to be putting in a request to uh, work out of Delaware soon. Well, no, he's all he, over the sports betting stuff now. He's going to be telling us, "Well, Joey Chestnut, his hot dog over under is fifty eight and a half. I mean, it, it won't stop once it starts. You get a feel for it. It becomes an infection. I mean, you know, listen. We can. Some people judge it. You know, it might be something that some people judge. But here's what I'll say. I like to have a little something going every day. Maybe nothing big, but a little daily recreation don't hurt anybody. Uh, Joe Friday's right. Was he talking about gambling? What was he talking about? <laughs> he was. It was pretty. Talking was, about the square chair. No, it was a good episode. Is uh, it's actually. God, a, I haven't watched Dragnet in probably twenty years. It's a sad episode, actually. Is what <laughs> happened. Now, listen. I don't want to get the country. You know, coast who's to coast. using Joe Friday drops anymore? Well, Look at you. Oh, he, good. He, here was the episode. This is, this is LeBron looking at Jair Smith. Is Joe Friday was in Vice, right? So every episode he'd be in a different. Really? Yeah, he was in Vice. That's sort of exciting. And he goes, I hear they're making book out of this bar in West Hollywood. So he spends like like ten days hanging out at the bar just as a you know, as a malt or I guess as a uh, spy or whatever you want to call it, right? And a narc is probably the best word. So he's hanging out at the bar and he's just getting to know the bartender and then he says, Hey, a little action wouldn't be bad and the bartender looks at him and goes, Don't you know? Sports betting's illegal. And then Friday goes away. He goes, I think we can keep at it. So it's like a couple more days. And finally, the bartender goes, well, you know, my daughter needs a, an operation. And I don't have the money. And her life's on the line. And he goes, you know, you asked me about that action. So maybe I'll let you in. Hey, call this number. And Friday pulls out his badge and says, you're arrested. And the guy's, like, and the, yeah, and the guy's like, well, my daughter's going to die. He goes, you should have thought of that before you started making book. I mean, Friday, Did he really lectured him? Friday was no nonsense. And then the kid ended up dying. And Friday patted him on the head and said, you know, <laughs> once you get out of jail, he said, if you need help getting a job, I'll help you. I mean, Friday was hardcore. What an SOB. <laughs> Unbelievable. But I tend to like it when he was the narc saying he liked a little action. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. All right. I want to know. From the square chair, Steve Cofield here with RJ Bell, straight out of Vegas on Fox Sports Radio. What do we do with the conspir- uh, conspiratorial freaks around the NBA, and especially game one without officiating down the stretch? I think, if anything, what we saw in game one from the officials should tell us there is no conspiracy. Because 100% certain, if Cleveland would have won game one, the interest in this series and the number of games, just the the raw mathematics, arithmetic of the number of games likely to be played. Because Golden State still would have been a significant favor. Well, as Fezzik tomorrow, I think at minimum, they still would have been minus 600, even if they had lost. Now, I'm not great at those estimates, so we'll let Fezzik tell us tomorrow right here. But they would have been a big favorite, for sure. Well, how State. about you be the judge as a player if it was... Warriors down one nothing, and you could bet minus five hundred. Would you do it? I don't know. Like what's I, what's what's too low? Where all of a sudden you and the rest of the pros are like, let's go, giddy up. Eh, I'm not even sure about that, but I don't think it matters. What okay. I think matters is that it would have went probably a game longer this series, which is many many millions of dollars, and the interest level would have been through the roof. Imagine the Friday talk radio with. Clay Travis and, and Colin and Gottlieb 
and everyone talking about it. And then Sunday night's game and Monday it's 1-1 going back to, let's assume, going back to Cleveland. Boy. So to me, the league net loser big time from Golden State winning. So doesn't mean they weren't wrong in the call. And that's what I'm going to want to ask you is what your take is on the call. But, boy, it doesn't seem like there was any financial gain from benefiting Golden State. First of all, do you agree with that? Absolutely. What did you think of the call on the on – the, obviously, we're talking the video review of the block. It's absurd. They don't have the right to make the call. They have the right to go over and see if he's in the restricted area or out, and that's it. And once he's out, we can't make a call. So are we sure? Because my understanding was that they can't choose to look at the tape for that kind of call, but once they look, if they see a problem, they can fix it. Now, is that your understanding? It's I not mean, my understanding. And I know. Then, then, how, I know then, I, then how did they make the call? How If they're hooked up with Secaucus or whatever, why would they let and, them do it? And the NBA came out today and said they made the right call. So, so uh, I don't get it. So I think what I'm saying is the case is if they didn't have good cause to look, was he in the the area, you know, the, the, the dotted area or not, they couldn't look at it. But once they look, they don't want to let something go that is obviously wrong, which goes back to... Which, an, by, by the way, though, let's stop there. I don't know that it was obviously wrong. They that, could have gone the there. Point. They could have gone there. It's a, it's a 50-50 call. It's a bang-bang play. They could have just... What, that would have been... Actually, that could have been more conspiratorial. You go over and you confirm the call. And let's go. Cavaliers get the benefit. Charge stays. Let's continue playing. I agree, but boy, it's hard to think conspiracy when it hurts you. Usually conspiracies help you financially. And to counter the conspiracy thing further, um, Draymond Green actually had a lane violation on the George Hill miss. Yes. And they admitted that one. So, but they, they did, but they didn't do a review of that. They did after the fact, right? right? The two right. minute that was part deal. of the two minute report. Yeah. So, boy. And, and I think this is a great segue into the aftermath. So let's talk a little bit about game two in the updated odds. All right. So let's talk series. It was minus 1100 plus 800 entering the series. Now, I talked about this on Gottlieb's show on Thursday, right here on Fox Sports Radio, is if you go back 11 years, 2008 playoffs, Onward, there's been 25 teams before Cleveland that was greater than plus 750 dogs. So big, 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 big dogs. Cleveland's one of them at eight to one. Those 25 dogs, 0 and 25 in the series. It goes to show you that there, and we we say this often, but it's important. No playoffs, college or pro, have the better team advance more than the NBA playoffs. One, the one and done you throw out because it's obviously easier to pull an upset once than four out of seven times. Okay. But baseball and hockey, both of those, the luck factor is so much bigger. In basketball, the luckiest you can get is a made three when maybe it shouldn't have gone in. In baseball, we're talking about three-run homers and there's only 10 runs in a game. In hockey, one goal is luck. And it might be only five or four or six in a game. So seven games plus little luck equals better team wins. 
And the fact that big underdogs are 0-25 in the last decade plus doesn't bode well for Cleveland, but obviously shows you the, the true dynamics of the NBA playoffs. We should also mention how good you are on the history of wagering and especially with LeBron James. We need to throw out there that this is, what, the seventh time in nine finals appearances that LeBron and his team are the dog. Yeah, and He may come out of this three and six in the finals. He's been the dog seven times. And there's two ways to look at that, like most things. One is, wow, how do you blame LeBron for losing when he's supposed to lose? And the other one is, well, if he's supposed to lose, how great can he be? Right? And it, it really makes you wonder if he was in the West... I mean, how, boy, I never really thought of this. Let's say he'd been in the West his whole career. And let's assume his results in the Western final would have been the same as his results in the final. As in, he would have been, let's assume he loses this year. And obviously it's not done, but let's assume he is three and six. If he, if he had made only three final and, and been three and oh, now we'd be all impressed about the three and oh. But boy, would the conversation be near as much if he had lost six times in the in the Western Conference Finals? Would his legacy be as strong? I think it'd be much weaker. It would be. Be weaker. Be, now, if somehow he got up to five, four or five and he was undefeated, even though he was one below, let's say, five, Michael, still, that undefeated, that zero means something. So like Psychologically. Game two line is 12 from 12 and a half. The total... 217 now down to, I'm seeing a 214 and a half. Why is that happening? All right. So in a series, coaches make major adjustments. The quality of the coaching means a lot. So big advantage for Golden State, I think there. And usually the defensive adjustments are more effective than the offensive adjustments. So on average, the game's scoring goes down about a point and a half per game. So minus one and a half for game two, minus three in game three from the first game. So every game's about a point and a half down because the adjustments are being made and the defense has an advantage with those adjustments, which brings up one of the reasons that if you look at the history of the NBA in the modern era from 1980 onward, the winners the title teams have usually had a top three player. I mean, think about it. Larry Bird, all those, or three years. Magic, five years. Michael, six years. Duncan, Shaq, uh, go down the list. And and obviously LeBron, and now with Durant, et cetera. Now we can debate, did Golden State have one that first year they won? Maybe not. But I think 85 or so percent of the title teams from... 80 onward have had a top three player. Now, why is that important? Because after all the adjustments are made, game one, two, three, four, ultimately the defense has a huge advantage. And the only guys that can consistently score are the Michael Jordans of the world that are so good, no defensive adjustment is going to stop them when the chips are down. And you, if you have a team that can score in the regular season, can score in the playoffs even, they struggle in that sixth and seventh game unless they have a superstar. And we saw it to some degree with Boston. Change after change after change, the adjustments were made. And finally, in game uh, six and seven, Boston was struggling scoring, which I think, again, it's just one example, but we've seen it happen again and again. And when we come back, you're going to get my pick 
on Game 2 of the NBA Finals. That's on the way, straight out of Vegas, right here on Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier down the home stretch here. Best bets, except I just got a free pick. I'm not going to, I'm taking off the rubber band on this one, but not a monster bet. We'll get to that in a second. I am going to say one thing we were talking about, and I listen to much of Fox Sports Radio, but the Herds podcast every day. And Colin was talking about the bad refereeing in this game and game one of the finals. He goes, oh, the Steelers in, in uh, the 40th Super Bowl against Seattle, it was such bad refereeing. I bet some of those Steeler fans, you know, feel ambivalent about their Super Bowl victory. Wrong. Wrong. I woke up. I had waited 26 years as a Steeler fan. I was in L.A. for this. And I woke up in a leather jacket, no shirt, next to the commode. I passed out on the way to the commode. So that doesn't seem ambivalent to me. I'm just saying. (laughs) It was pure joy. Well, officiating can be mind-boggling and mind-numbing in all sports. So in the NHL, they've had a lot of issues, too, with subjectivity on overturned goals and goalie interference. So we're here now in the Stanley Cup Final. We've talked about this. I know this is getting a lot of nationwide pub, but if the Vegas Golden Knights were to win the Stanley Cup, Massive liability on the side of the books because they took mega future bets before the season and early in the season. No doubt. 500 to 1. And if you go back and look at pro and college football, pro and college basketball, baseball and hockey, so those six sports, there hasn't been a champion better than 100 to 1 or or with a bigger long shot than 100 to 1. Golden Knights were 500 to 1. It's going to be a monster loss for the bookies. I hate bookies. Everyone in Vegas, I mean, not everyone, but many taxi drivers, blackjack dealers, and as I like to say, out of respect, exotic dancers have those tickets in their pocket. I'm rooting on the Vegas Knights. What that means, though, is that you get a little extra value on the other side. So yeah, if you're looking the capital for, should be the favored right now in this series for the series bet. It's right around even, even money. Yeah, right There's around value the, there. Because they want Washington action to mitigate their exposure on the Golden Knights. Best bet, free bet. Yes, is I am going in game two with Golden State on the spread because it's my strong belief, very strong, this was the worst case for Cleveland because the only thing they could hope for is Golden State being a little flat in game two. Well, with this getting out by the skin of their teeth in game one, as a double-digit favor, it's hard to imagine Golden State's going to be anything, but let's not let that happen again. And because of that, I think when you have a motivated Golden State team, it's hard to think Cleveland's competitive. And I think there's an emotional negative from this loss that's going to carry over. So this is a lean, a like, but not a best bet. Let's call it a like, not a best bet. Golden State laying the lumber on the spread. Big show tomorrow, Saturday, 10 o'clock. We're back, 10 o'clock Pacific. Jonas Knox is on the way. We'll see you straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer, and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring, like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great-looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection, and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.